0: Good morning, Good morning, all you got the message about the time change, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> amen, was it harder to wake up this morning, a little bit, Amen. well we're going to worship the Lord this morning and, and begin our series, I'm excited about the series, First Corinthians 12, 13, 14 and And uh, so we're going to open in prayer and and praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together as believers. We thank you for this weather that you brought and and clearing up the snow. Lord, we continue to pray for those that are are dealing with uh, the issues of the snow and some of those who might even still be uh, affected, even trapped. Lord, we just pray that you would just uh, move, Father, for them this morning. God, as we... Come together. We want to give you our thanks for taking care of us, and 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 praise to you for you are due all the praise, Lord. We want to sing and shout uh, to your glory and shout hosanna. Come, Lord, come save us, Lord. Come into our lives. We invite you in this morning, and we we need you. We ask you to help us recognize the things that that are displeasing to you, and help us to have the strength and courage to remove those things, Lord, and to to focus more on you, to become the people that you've created us to be, Lord, and to help uh, others find that love and life also, Lord. Bless our time in worship. Thank you, God, even as people are are coming and going to church throughout the valley, that you would keep them safe uh, in their travels, that they would go and hear the word of the Lord and be encouraged and challenged. We thank you that uh, we have this, again, this opportunity to, to be together. And let your Holy Spirit come this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. And Amen. Amen. Hey, we'll stand as we worship this morning. Amen. Amen. If you get tired, feel free to sit down.
1: Same power alive. He says, Shout Hosanna, he rose from the grave. Come and lift him up, Hosanna. Shall find now for the fullness. We want more than shall arise now for your goodness. Feel the whole earth, Jesus. our prayers, that we would experience,
0: we would know, we would do the real thing, God. Father, that we would be a people who would follow you and obey you. God, that we would be a church that's on fire because we know you, we've spent time with you, Lord God. Father, we'd be a church who, a people who would repent, God, from whatever it is that is displeasing to you and holding us back from experiencing your fullness and walking in your power and your fullness, Lord. God, let us be the real thing to the world around us. God, not uh, people who just have have a show or show up on a Sunday, God, but let us be real 24-7 at home, at work, in our neighborhoods, when we drive. God, help us to be real authentic believers changed changed by the blood of Jesus changed by the life of Christ changed by the Holy Spirit God help us to hear you more and more father as the world is is trying to drown you out and trying to to have us focus on the wrong things Lord we pray that we would focus on the right things and the real thing Lord God help us to hear your voice God, to step out of our comfort zones. God, hear your voice to follow you into everything that you have for us, God. Help us to walk in you, help us to stand in you, Lord Jesus.
1: of the Father, inviting you to walk on the water, risk it all, and serve a call, and enter in. Now we stand on every promise, we're not afraid. Faith goes before us when we believe We're gonna see the supernatural we're gonna see what we're praying for We believe every single word We're stronger than we've ever been Standing on his promises, we're gonna see the impossible We release the supernatural stronger than we've ever been. We are standing on his promises We will face the darkness around us that have bound us yes it's true we can do the impossible we stand the peace of the kingdom to declare the day of our freedom we believe We're going to see the supernatural We're going to see what we're praying for We believe every single word Stronger than we've ever been Standing on His promises We're going to see the impossible Than we've ever been, we are standing on his promises, we are standing 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 on the promises of Christ our Savior. We are standing, standing, standing on the promises of Christ our Savior. We are standing. Standing on the promises Of Christ our Savior We are standing 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 on the promises Of Christ our Savior We're gonna see what we're praying for, we believe every single word, stronger than we've ever been, standing on His promises, we're gonna see the impossible, we release the supernatural, stronger than we've ever been, we are standing. Standing on his promises. Stronger than we've ever been, we are standing on his promises.
0: you standing on his promises this morning? That was kind of weak, huh? Yeah. Are you standing on his promises this yeah. morning? <laughs> Amen. And if not, let's let that be an encouragement to say, I need to stand on the promises of God. You know, the reason we might have been a little weak in that we're like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, because we're getting attacked and we're getting bombarded. And sometimes we're just being flailed about But as believers, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. We have the word of God with promises that says we can stand on his promises that he's going to give us life and a hope and a future promises that he's writing our name in the Lamb's book of life that can never be blotted out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's really stand. Amen.
1: are bright. we are amazed in the light of the stars it's all proclaiming who you are you're beautiful You're beautiful
0: Tell him how you love him this morning.
2: I just wanted to share something. If that's okay, I just felt so impressed by that song of that we have a God of impossible. He does miracles, and I just thought, you know, I'm the first to say that I can get so under my circumstances and feelings. And yet I felt like this thing rising up in me that that is what we have to step into, that he is the God of impossible. He is the God of miracles. We have that dwelling inside of us, living inside of us. And so it was this moment of just like, let's step out of being under our circumstances, being under our feelings, calling that truth and saying, this is what we have dwelling in us. This is what we can walk in. This is what we should walk in. Let's look and see. God do the impossible in our lives, do the miracles in our lives. (laughs) He wants to. Let's give him room to do it and get out from underneath what we think truth is.
0: Father, we take that as an encouraging and exhorting word, God. Father, help us to expect, believe, receive, see, and walk in the miraculous. God, the things that you have apportioned and planned for your body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just lift up your hands this morning. Father, we want to receive... And we want to receive everything that you have for us this morning. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Pour out your spirit this day. Hallelujah, Lord. Hmm. Thank you, God.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Greet somebody quickly and and love one another and see we're going to continue on.
3: Good morning, Journey Church. How y'all doing? Oh, this is about to fall off. All right. Hey, if you're joining us for the first time here at the Journey Church, we would love to get connected with you. One way you can do that, there are connection cards in the pockets of the seats. You fill those out, and then there's tithe and offering little boxes in the back of the room here. And uh, you can put that in there. Or as the gentlemen come down when we receive our tithes, you can put those in the bags there too. Um, So excited to see you all a whole hour earlier today. (laughs) So good job. You guys made it on time. Um, Just a couple announcements for you. One is that we are going to be having our leaders meeting right after church. So if you're a leader, um, you know where to go. So please stay if you can. And then the next announcement I have is... um, Dara Kunkel, she recently had surgery um, and her mother-in-law who she lives with is also going to be having surgery this week. And so she has asked if we could potentially um, help with some meals, some dinners throughout the week. And so um, they have a family of six. There's no dietary restrictions or anything like that. Um, And so if you feel led and capable of doing that, if you could connect with Susie Hall. Susie, if you could do a little, hey. Um, (laughs) She leads up our hands and feet ministry. And um, so, yeah, connect with her, and we'll get that organized for the week. We would really appreciate it. I also know Greg Musser. For those of you who know Greg Musser, he's been in the hospital, so keep him in your prayers as well. Um, And when he comes home, maybe there's a way we can bless him in that way as well. So, um, and if there's anybody else, also, just as a reminder, we have prayer cards in the pockets of the seats. So, ways if you need prayer or something's going on, Please fill those out, and those can also go in the tithe and offering boxes in the back. Um, That way we can stay connected. I think it's really important, too, if you're not plugged into a small group, that's a good way to get your core group of people that you can help and pray for and be there for. Because sometimes Pastor Rob has a lot going on, and so we want to help alleviate all of of us and and get connected in that small group so that you can live on each other, help each other, and build each other up. Amen? Amen? All right. Well, with that we're just going to continue our time of worship and we're going to receive our tithes and offerings and i was just thinking as um we were in worship you know our ties is another form and another way that we trust god that we are showing our faith in him and i was just thinking like god is so faithful in showing us that we can trust him just in the ways as that song you know how we're talking about he's beautiful he created the moon and the stars you know the fact alone that the sun is positioned in just a way to where we don't burn to death. <laughs> and and that we have the moon that creates the tides. And then he's cr- he's fulfilled many, many prophecies. And so why wouldn't we trust in him? Even if it's with our finances, which can be hard. It can be hard to trust that, Lord, this 10%, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put food on the table this month. But you guys, he's woken you up every morning, right? He's put air in our lungs, and he's allowed us to walk forth on this journey that we call life. And so we have every reason to trust in him in every aspect of our life, whether it's our finances, our relationships, our jobs, everything. And so let's just praise God and thank him for that as we receive our tithes and offerings this morning. God, you are so faithful, and we are so grateful for the many ways that you've proven yourself faithful to us, even... We don't even need to be proved faithful. You're God. But yet you still choose to do that, whether it's in the way that you've created this universe or in the ways that you speak to us intimately each and every day, God, that you know each and every one of us on an intimate level. You know our hurts. You know our pains. You know our joys. You know everything about us, God. So help us to live a life that is trusting in you and knowing that you can do all things for those that trust in you. So, God, we, we proclaim that over our giving today, over our tithes and our offerings, over this church body. God, that you are going to do great and mighty things. And we are so looking forward to the ways that you're going to continue to build this family, the ways that you're going to continue to use us in this small community and even out to the ends of the earth. Lord, we love you and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: You know, I get my cords out of my way. Is that, that good, Kenny? That's good. All right, all right. He's got to keep me, keep me on my toes. Hallelujah. And, hey, it's good to see everyone this morning. And some visitors. And it's good to be in the house of the Lord.
4: Yes.
0: Amen. Yes, it is. Amen. We are a blessed people. We are blessed even in this in this nation we are extremely blessed and even when, when Jess was sharing about the offering uh, and she said you know even if there's those times that if you're like I don't know if I can put food on the table and I think how often does that really happen to most to to most of us for sure and 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 when we're even getting Getting that low, we think, well, I, I still have a cell phone bill that I'm paying, and I still have cable at the house that I'm paying for. Things are tight, and I don't know. But think of all the things that we could still cut out of our lives. You know, I mean, and I, I get it. Sometimes it feels really tough. But I'm like, in this nation, we're like, wow, how tough really is it? Now, now I see some people who grew up in a time that maybe you know it, it, there have been some leaner, leaner times. But in the days we're living in, we are a blessed people but one of the things that the blessing can do to us is it can lull us to comfortable peace we just kind of kind of get sucked right into that it's the the frog in the water syndrome it can be we just ooh, this water is warm nice and comfy it's getting warmer i like it until we boil this morning, we're, we're, we're continuing on in the book of 1 Corinthians into a, into the, a section that I've been really, uh, the whole time we've been in Corinthians, excited to get to. And as we've come closer to this section, I feel like the Lord is, is really reviving me personally, uh, which is so needed, so important. We're going to be starting in, in ch- uh, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. Um, and, and over the next number of weeks, we're going to be talking about the subject uh, of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we're not going to be going line by line. We're going to be talking about all the subject matter in these three chapters as we move ahead. Now remember in the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul's been addressing uh, issues in the church He's been addressing certain things happening, Um, and so we're turning the corner now, and he's going to start talking about uh, spiritual gifts and the operation in the church. One of the things that we do, though, in the church is we go through here, and we miss, I think, part of it, and we focus on uh, scriptures that talk about, you know, this is just how we need to be orderly, and we need to do things just right, and we need to make sure that, you know, love is more important than spiritual gifts and and, and we lose the, the point a little bit about that God gave the church spiritual gifts. We actually kind of read right through that and we just talk about, so let's, let's talk about the order or let's just talk about love, but we actually miss that there are spiritual gifts. So we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts in the church. We're going to talk a, a biblical foundation for the spiritual gifts um, the, if you grew up at all in a church um, that was not charismatic, we're going to even talk about what that means. Uh, have you all heard the term charismatic? By the way, if you know, you know. And so, some of you didn't raise your hand. And that's fine. We're going to talk about that. But um, a charismatic church is a church that walks or operates in the gifts of the Spirit. They believe that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. Well, there are churches today, not as many as there used to be, that actually uh, teach and believe that the spiritual gifts are not for today and that, that they died along with the apostles. We're going to cover a little bit of that. We're going to talk some theology. We're going to talk about what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. Uh, we want to have a balanced approach to this whole section, and it needs to be biblical. And what's, what's exciting is some people have, who've maybe seen spiritual gifts uh, heard about them? Have kind of thought, oh, but the people who do that stuff—they don't—they're not really biblical. They're just kind of emotional. And 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 may, some people even say things like, "Those people are just kind of crazy," you know, or "Those people are weird," and it's not biblical. And the 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 truth is that it's very biblical, and we're going to f- find out about it right here. We're going to do as best as I can to bring a, 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 an understanding of the Scriptures and spiritual gifts, what they're for, um, why we should use them, why we shouldn't hinder them. Uh, we talk about who are spiritual gifts for. We're going we're to cover that. Uh, there, there's understanding and belief that you know, spiritual gifts are uh, only for um, super spiritual people and uh, that, that's not me. They're only for people whose walk is, is perfect or almost perfect. And I have sin in my life. I have problems in my life, so I can't have a spiritual gift. we're going to cover those things, which just a, a little foreshadowing, that's just not true. Spiritual <laughs> gifts are for everyone in the body of Christ. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the charismatic renewal and, and we're, we're quite a few years away from some of this now. But if any of you have ever studied the church history at all, and you cut to the 1900s, you found, you, you found out that there was a renewal in this charismatic or charisma. And, and I'll, I'll just tell you now, the word charisma is a Greek word, and it means spiritual gift. And, and that's all. And so a charismatic church, charismatic is a church that believes in the spiritual gift gifts. We're going to talk um, about the Greek. We're going, to, we're, we're going to get some really good foundation in here. Uh, so we'll t- cover a little bit about when did, what happened. Why did this start when it did start? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of the points that it was a little unbalanced at some times and that there were people who got a little off track. And here's what sometimes we, we do with people like that. Well, see, they got off track, so we can't listen to anything. They said, well, isn't that silly? You know, you guys all went to school. I have a feeling that some of the teachers who taught you the things that you knew went off track in different places in their life, and yet you still learned from them, right? And so we're going to talk about uh, some of these things. We're going to cover a little bit about how can spiritual integrity be maintained. That's important. When we talk about uh, the gifts of the Spirit what they're for. Um, we want to make sure that we are walking in integrity, in, in the things of God, that we're not getting off track. Uh, we, and, and so there's, I'm excited about this. Um, we'll spend a little bit of time talking about some of the individual gifts. And, and, uh, and so I even encourage you over the next couple of weeks, the sooner the better. If you've got some questions about spiritual gifts already, send them to me send them to me. I will try to cover those things as we progress here. And if I don't, we can meet separately and talk about it. Um, and so we want to we make sure there's a good understanding. And so as we go on, let me read uh, chapter, or chapter 12, verse 1 in 1 Corinthians. And I want to pray. So I want you to pray for me right now. Okay. Heavenly Father, as we continue on, I pray for your anointing. I pray for clarity in my words, that you would help me to to stay uh, focused. God, that you would help me to um, portray uh, what you want us to understand and learn, God. Help me to convey it uh, in a way that's helpful and encouraging and truthful. God, we pray that every heart, mind, uh, spirit is open to the things of God. Lord, I pray that anything that I say that is not from you would would fall off the hearer. God, that it it would just not penetrate. God, we want only the things of the Spirit, only the things that you have for us, Lord, this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. That's our basis. That's our scripture for this morning. We're going we're to talk a lot. We're going to have a lot of scriptures, but that's our base. It's a great place to start because Paul is saying, Church, I don't want you to be uninformed. So we're going to spend a few weeks talking about what the Bible talks about, opening up the scriptures so that we can be informed as best as possible. Um, I understand I have a bent. I come from a certain place, and some people in here may come from a different background and a different bent. I want to encourage you, don't check out. Let's look through the scriptures together. Um, we, we want to see what the Lord has for us. We, we don't want to be closed to anything that's from God, and I know that we all can be that. I know that I can do that. There are times that I'm so set in my ways, I'm like, man, I don't even know if God came and told me, don't do this, that I wouldn't do it. There are things that I've done in my past, I've walked right into going, I don't care, I'm going to do it. Let's not take that approach, but say, Lord, I want to hear from you this morning. Open, open up my, my spir- uh, spiritual hearing and help me to understand. And also, let's be like the Bereans. Everything I say encourages all the time. I have said things from this pulpit that were, were false, not on purpose, but I found, I'm like, oh my goodness, I said that and I misspoke. And there were other times, because I've been preaching a long time. You know, I know I look really, really young.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> why, why, why the laughter? <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, I've been teaching and, and, and preaching for about 30 years. And I will guarantee you that some of the stuff that I taught when I was young, I was flat out wrong. And, and I'm, I'm willing to admit it, I don't even remember some. someone, the, the, sometimes I'm like, oh man, I said that, didn't I? Ooh, wow. At the time, I felt it was right I, I, from my study. And so, can I still be wrong? Absolutely. So, the, Paul commended the Berean, Bereans for being noble because they went and checked the scriptures to make sure what was being said was true. That is always your job. That is always your job is to make sure that the scriptures that you hear from any preacher are right according to the word of God. Because there's a lot of us out there and, not, and some of us are a little wacko. I should say some of them, but I, you know, you know. but I, I, you know, I'm me. So, you know, if you're visiting like this is an interesting church here. So now concerning spiritual gifts, the, the first thing, that, that I want to just point out here is, is it's important to um, is that the, the translation of spiritual gifts actually in this particular place is not the charismata um, that, or the charisma. The char- Charisma is, is spiritual gift. Char- char- charismata is plural. That's all it is. So there's just a little bit of Greek for you. But that's the word often used when it talks about spiritual gifts. The word... Um, Charis is grace, and when you add the, the, um, the ma-ta on it, it helps us to understand that it's, it's um, spiritual gifts or gifts of grace, spiritual gifts. So the first thing about spiritual gifts is they're gifts, and they're by God's grace. They're not earned. Okay, We're going to head that a little bit more, but we're going to start with that. That's the word. But here, when it says uh, concerning spiritual gifts, it doesn't even use the word charisma or char- charismata in the Greek, it actually used the simple word pneumatikas And you're like, are we gonna get a Greek lesson? Yeah, kinda. The reason why is the Bible was written in a different language. And, and it's important to understand what they were trying to say. So the, the word spiritual gifts here in the translation is honestly, and a lot of scholars say this, it wasn't me that's making this up, is not the best of translation but they use it because we, he switches within a short time to talking specifically about spiritual gifts. Now, if you speak another language, you understand that when you translate from one language to another, there's often many words you can use and some fit better and some fit worse. Um, anyone speak Spanish? A little bit? Uh, not too many today. In Spanish, the, the, one of the words for gift is regalo. But another word for gift is don. Two words means gift. Context is important. So, that being said, same thing in Greek. You just want us to get that. The word here is pneumaticas, which simply means spirit. Pneuma. Pneuma. Pneumatic. What's pneumatic? Air. Pneuma is wind, air spirit okay so the word pneumaticas here simply means spiritual and so th- it's really interesting because because really what it's saying is now concerning spirituals spiritual things spiritual things I don't want you to be uninformed and then he's changed the corner and specifically starts talking about spiritual gifts spiritual gifts are one of the spiritual things in life there's a lot of them and, and that's why we come to church to learn <laughs> Spiritual things, not normal, everyday. You don't come here to learn math, geography, though sometimes we learn a little bit geography of Israel. We're learning spiritual foundations. It's important to get this because we're talking about spiritual gifts and spiritual things. That means that this is not natural abilities. First point. We're not going to be talking about natural abilities. All of you have natural abilities. And the harder you work at your ability, the better you get. If you're really good at something, you can o- actually take the credit for it. Some people say I shouldn't take the credit. Well, maybe you shouldn't, but you can. You did the work. You know, I, 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 I just throw this in a l- little extra. I, I, I have come to uh, not like when people hear somebody playing and they go, they have a gift. And here's why I don't like that. That person spent three hours a day, six days a week, making their gift good. It's not a gift. Now, there are people who pick up something and do it, and they're like, how did you do that? And they go, I don't know, I've never done it before. That person has a gift. Have you seen those people? They just kind of do things almost like naturally. It's like, that seems like a gift. Other people work really, 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 really really hard, and then we downgrade it by going, it's a gift. Like, actually, you need to say, you've done really well. I can tell you worked really hard. You relate with me, huh, Kenny? Yeah. Okay. This is not that. This, what we'll talk about, is spiritual gifts. You can't work hard at getting them. You can't make them better. They are a gift from God, which the first part of this helps us understand it takes us out of the equation. So spiritual gifts are never something that we get to brag about because it's got nothing depending on you. So that's good. But part of the problem with spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians is that the people were kind of using them and they're talking about them and bragging about them and putting them up. And and so we're going to get to all those things. So when we talk about a spiritual gift... Um, I want to give you uh, see Peter Wagner's definition of a spiritual gift. Uh, He actually um, has written probably the most most information uh, from the Bible about spiritual gifts. He even um, helps people discover their spiritual gifts. And this is his definition after years. I believe he did his thesis on spiritual gifts. A spiritual gift is a special attribute given by the Holy Spirit to every member of the body of Christ according to God's grace for use within the context of the body. I, I think it's a great understanding of what they are and what they're for. A spiritual gift is a special attribute given by the Holy Spirit to every member of the body of Christ according to God's grace for use within the context of the body. So, we're, we're going to spend some time talking about spiritual gifts and, and, and all the things that I t- uh, mentioned. Uh, the two chapters in Corinthians, there's two chapters that talk about spiritual gifts. Corinthians 12 and Corinthians 14. Sandwiched between that is the love chapter. Most of us take the love chapter out of context, in a sense, and just talk about the love part. He puts it right in between them to say that everything that we do, including operate in spiritual gifts, need to be guided, guarded by love for one another, the body of Christ. So as we learn about spiritual gifts, as we discover our spiritual gifts in in this church, as we begin to operate in spiritual gifts, we will always keep love as the guiding factor. Everything we do needs to be done out of love for God and love for one another, which means it's going to take a lot of pride away because we're not going to try to showboat. We're not going to do any. We're going to use our gifts to love and serve people. So, 1 Corinthians twelve, and I'm, I'm doing this in case you're taking notes, and if you're not, I encourage you to, or go back and listen later and write notes later. First uh, Corinthians twelve, fourteen gifts, thirteen. Uh, love, helping us to understand how to use those. Also, Romans 12, if you want to do study on your own, r- read Romans 12. Romans 12 talks a lot about spiritual gifts. Um, the, and, and they're really spir- gift, spiritual gifts, spiritual things come from three different parts. And, and they delineate. We'll spend a little bit of time talking about this. I'm going to try not to turn into a college class. But gifts come from the Father. Some gifts come from the Son, and some gifts actually come from the Spirit, but they're all spiritual. Um, Also, so Romans 12, another place to read is Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 16. Um, That talks about spiritual gifts and also offices of ministries, offices of ministries also given by God. Um, In fact, let's go ahead and read that one real quick. Ephesians chapter 4. Mm-hmm. I just want to kinda um first I want to risk read for there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all in all and it says but grace was given to each one of us remember grace is where the word spiritual gift comes from was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift go down a little bit further into verse 10 um, and we'll just skip 10 we'll go to 11 you can read 10 I'm not hiding it from you okay And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. This is where we we often get what we call the office, uh, the office gifts or the the offices of or the ministries. And there's actually debate whether it's five or four. I have, even though I grew up hearing about the fivefold ministry, I believe that it's Really, for the pastor-teacher in the Greek seems linked that it's one pastor-teacher, um, but five or four, it's 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 kind of moot in that sense. But but if you read them, there's f- these different positions. There's apostles, there's prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and so these are, are offices. These are specific um, places of leadership, and uh, that that. God puts people into. And then from there, these people and others all operate in their gifts. So that's kind of Ephesians. So if you're reading this week, I want you to read Corinthians 12, 13, 14, Romans 12, Ephesians 4. Get used to this. Um, back into 1 Corinthians where our text is, uh, I want you to pay special note in verse 7. Verse 7, 12, 7. If somebody's got their finger there, uh, we don't do this a lot, but we're kind of in a teaching mode right now. Somebody read verse 7 in 1 Corinthians 12, if you've got it. And, uh, yeah. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Highlight that. Highlight that. This is so important. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, a gift of the Spirit, is given to everyone. But it's for the common good. That's, that's, that's a good basis for all of the spiritual gifts. Therefore, they're given for the profit of all. Um, so spiritual gifts come from God, they come from Jesus, and they come from the Spirit. I want to talk this morning uh, about the Holy Spirit and something that happened. In Luke 24, 49, and and I can tell, we're going to go about 10 minutes over. I'm going to try to get this done quick, but we're going to go a little bit over this morning, but we started about 10 minutes late. Luke 24, 49 says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. This was, was Jesus talking to his disciples. He had been crucified, He had resurrected, He was about to ascend to the right hand of the Father. He was going to be gone for 10 days before the Holy Spirit actually fell on the people. After everything, 10 days is going to take is going to uh, pass before the disciples receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Listen, the greatest promise uh, that the world has ever received, of course, is whoever believeth shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the greatest promise there is. That's heaven, that is, Whoever believes in Him will not die. They get to go to heaven. That's the promise that we stand on. But I believe that the greatest promise to the church is Acts eight: You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He did not want to leave us powerless in the world. When He ascended, He wanted it to fill us with power to accomplish His mission. Um, this promise, Jesus... After he'd accomplished everything, he said he would send the promise of the Holy Spirit to us. He says, I'm not going to leave you uh, a- as orphans, but I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit. And it says, and it's going to come in power. And that's what the Holy Spirit is, part of what the Holy Spirit is and does. But, but I, there is a, I'm, I don't want to go in real, real in depth because I don't want to lose, lose a lot, the only reason you and I are saved is because the Holy Spirit convicted us of sin. And when we received Christ, the Holy Spirit made us new. So every believer, every believer has the Holy Spirit. Every believer has the Holy Spirit from the time that they're saved. Yet, there is something that we see throughout the book of Acts, throughout the book of Acts, and that Jesus said, but wait until you have power before you go out. I have seen in the scriptures say that there are at least times that we need to ask specifically for this power, for the Holy Spirit to be in our life. We're going we're to cover that. The promise doesn't always automatically come. There might have been a time in your spiritual life that you felt powerless. Maybe you cried out to God and you felt Him fill you with power. It's a promise that we would be filled with power. We're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 and Acts 1.4. He says, don't depart until you are filled. Wait for the promise. In Ephesians 5.18, it's a, it's a command that says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 11, Jesus is teaching about asking. And he says, if you as a wicked father, if your son asks you for a bread, will you give him a stone? we Are familiar with that passage? If you ask him for a fish, will you give him a, a serpent? He says, how much more, Luke 11, will the father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Part of asking is actually asking, Lord, give me the Holy Spirit. I want to walk in the power that you have for me. Not my power, His power. And that's what happened at Pentecost. Pentecost, it was the day in, in Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit fell upon all the believers there 10 days after Jesus rose, and they were all tearing, waiting for Him. Waiting, and for them, it's like, you know, go and wait until you have the Holy Spirit. And they're like, what are we waiting for? They didn't really know. They didn't, they didn't know. They just were sitting around waiting. And I kind of have a feeling that during that 10 days when they were waiting, they're like, I think I got it. Because <laughs> that's what we do, right? We're like, after a while, we're like, okay, I get it. I, you know, some of the revelations, who knows what could have happened in those 10 That was a long time to be sitting Praying, waiting. When the Holy Spirit actually finally fell, they knew. It says that tongues as of fire rested, Acts chapter 2, on them. It's 120 people. They all began to speak in a language that they did not know, and thousands from 14 different nations heard them speaking, declaring the works of God, and people got saved. Powerful, powerful. Remember Peter? Peter denied Christ 50 days ago. Totally denied him. Aren't you one of his disciples? Nope. Not me. Now, the Holy Spirit comes on Peter and he stands up in front of thousands of people and preaches a message of power and salvation in thousands of people. Get saved. What happened? What was the difference? And the Holy Spirit. Had the Holy Spirit. I just did a long section all at once so that we could move on. James. 2 says, you have not because you ask not. We need to ask. Luke 24, 49, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait. So who is you? It's his disciples. It's all of us. He first talked about to the 11 disciples, but then he added more. The next time it was some of the women were there, and then when the Holy Spirit fell on them, it was 120 disciples. And then throughout the book of Acts, every time uh, he talks about the Holy Spirit, it's, it's to, there is no holding back. It's to Gentiles, it's for Jews, it's for all of us. It wasn't just for his disciples, not just for the 120 disciples. The Corinthians, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and a lot of them were Gentiles. Uh, Acts chapter 10 tells us that it's for Gentiles, Uh, it's for the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 2 says this, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord God will call. That's the proof that it's for us today. It's been there. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Remember, it's a gift. You can't earn it. It's from God. It's a promise. It's a gift. And yet, it's a command to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That part, we get to hinder the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Because we... The people say that the, the God is a gentleman. Um, he doesn't force us to operate in our gifts. I'm going I'm to ask a, just a simple question. Has anyone as a believer ever felt like a nudging to pray a special prayer for somebody, have a word of encouragement for somebody, um, to, to do a specific act that was like, that was weird, I feel like I'm supposed to Go wash somebody's car or do something. It was just kind of, kind of weird. You're like, okay. Anyway, if that's ever happened to you, okay. Okay. Now I'm going to ask for boldness. Who's ever not done it? Okay. Okay. Right. So what I'm saying is, God put a gift upon you in that moment, or maybe you to walk in, and you said no. Can we not be filled with the Holy Spirit? Not allow that filling and the power to come out of our lives? Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's something our part is to receive, to step out in faith and operate in whatever gift He's giving us. And this is kind of precursor. We're going to learn all about this stuff as we go on. So, power. Part of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives is, is give us Power, but power for what? To look good? No. To be different than the other churches? No. It's power to evangelize the lost, to reach the lost. His command was go into all the world and preach the gospel, but before you do, wait until you have the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be filled, not for us, but for them. Now, he also uses spiritual gifts, the power of the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts for you, but not for me, except your gift is for me. See? It's not about us. It's about serving him by serving his body and reaching the lost this is why it's important to understand we should receive that power and walk in it and understand that there is power. The, the, the disciples, before they had the Holy Spirit, they were actually walking in, in, in things. He said, I give you all authority, and he sent them out. And then in that authority, they cast out demons and they healed the sick. Remember, that was before the Holy Spirit ever came. But he says, I give you authority. What he did is he gave them his authority when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we actually get filled with power. There's a difference. What kind of power? The word in the Greek, again, another Greek lesson, is, is, it's called dunamis. When it talks about power, the word is dunamis, which is the where, word we get dynamite from. God wants to live in you through his Holy Spirit. Remember, Holy Spirit is God. God wants to live in you. His Holy Spirit and give you dynamite power to win the lost, to make disciples, and to edify and build up the body of Christ. It's powerful. So there's a lot of of, of gifts of the Spirit. Um, it's named here in, in uh, Corinthians 12 and 14 and Romans 12. There's things like words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, and gifts of healing, and working of miracles and prophecy and discerning of spirits and tongues, and interpretation of tongues. We see other lists where it talks about gifts of service and hospitality. Um, there's, there's, a one, there's a gift that we'll talk about down the road a little bit. It's a one-time use gift. You only get to use it one time, and that's the gift of martyrdom. Yeah, I guess you could have a spirit of martyrdom that would allow you and cause you to walk into a situation boldly without fear and trepidation because you have the gift of martyrdom and maybe they just won't kill you and so you get to use it more than once until they finally catch you and they finally kill you. It's a spiritual gift, so don't feel bad that you might not have one. There's a couple of gifts that I prayed that I didn't have. You know, I says, Lord, I don't want that one. If there's any choice in this, I don't want the gift of martyrdom, but if I need it, then please give it to me when it's required. The other gift that he tried to give me and I gave back was celibacy. He tried to and I says, I don't want this gift and I gave it back. But but truthfully, celibacy is a gift. It's a spiritual gift. One of the things that some churches did is they tried to mandate a spiritual gift on a certain class of people, the priests. They tried to mandate a spiritual gift of celibacy. They said, if you want to be a priest, you also have to have this gift. The problem is they didn't ask God if they had that gift, so they demanded that people who didn't have a gift walk in a gift, and that's why we see problems. Does that make sense? Okay? So these are spiritual gifts. These are gifts that you can't conjure up on your own. Here's one of the problems in today's church when we talk about spiritual gifts. We're really comfortable with hospitality. That's a gift, right? I can receive that one. That's good. Service, that's good. I could even go with martyrdom. There's a lot of gifts we have no problem with. When we start talking about the supernatural gifts, we get a little bit scared. We don't know what to do with them. Somebody's got a gift of healing and you're like, okay, to me, we've got to pray for people and maybe a leg's going to grow back And, and it's a little scary. So, so that's why some people are like, well, some of the gifts aren't for today. We don't know how to, how to corral them, and we don't know how to conjure them up. And so sometimes we forbid gifts to be used, or we just shy away from them being used. And all of the gifts are for either the body or to be His witnesses out in the world. He's giving, he gives us boldness. That's what he gave Peter. It, it, it says in, in a couple chapters after the first Pentecost, it says, in, and Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit again, and he had boldness to preach the gospel. I don't know if that's ever happened. I know that there's some people in here, I just know that there's been some moments in your life that you, were, you, you, you felt like you needed to preach the gospel to somebody, and normally you would have been really timid, and, and your testimony is this, I don't know what came over me, and I just talked and I just shared, and the person got saved, and, I, and, and your thing is, I just don't know what came over me. I do. You were filled with the Holy Spirit. He gave you boldness. And, and maybe there's even been times where you did something and you didn't even understand what you did, and you were praying for somebody, and you said something like, this might sound really weird, but I feel like you're struggling with some depression, or you're struggling with this. And you're like, that might, and they go, oh my gosh, how did you know? And you go, I don't know. Have- You were walking in a spiritual gift, something that you can't fake or make up. It's powerful. Holy Spirit wants to move in us as we will uh, dedicate ourselves to Him and really just be open to what He wants to do. This is gonna be, like I said, lots of parts, so I'm gonna miss things today. We're gonna go circle back around. Some of you are like, well, you know, hey, Pastor, I think, what about the fruit of the Spirit? Isn't that important? Absolutely, we're going to talk about that. The fruit of the Spirit is totally important. The fruit of the Spirit, in Galatians chapter 5, we should be exuding, that should be the fruit of what comes out of our life, of living a life of, of filled with the Holy Spirit, and we will talk about that. But what we don't want to do is, is say, well, let's, you know, the spiritual gifts aren't important, let's just talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Which is more important? Air or water? <laughs> or water or food? Can you break life down like, well, water's more important than food. Okay, never eat again. Sometimes we, we do these things, like, you know, what, the gifts of the Spirit, no, it's the fruit of the Spirit. That's super important. I mean, we need to exude the fruit of the Spirit. But why do we have to get rid of the gifts of the Spirit in order to have the fruit of the Spirit? We're going to do both. We're going to talk about it. Okay. Um, It's only 10. (laughs) This is awesome. We get out at 11. Oh, man. You know, I'm not going to try to fit fit everything in. This is going to be a kind of a precursor sermon. I think we're just going to. I I, I want to give a couple of just scriptures here, kind of talk about because some of you are like, I don't know about this whole salvation and maybe receiving the Holy Spirit afterwards. I understand that there's there's issues in what we've been taught over the years. So let me let me show you why. I believe that there is times that when, and I don't understand this, and that's good, because if the moment I understand God, that means I'm as smart as Him. Okay? He, I don't understand everything. But we see in the scriptures things, and then we see uh, in, in life certain things. We go, how does that work out exactly? So can you get saved and be filled with the Holy Spirit immediately? Absolutely. I've also seen people baptized and get filled the Holy Spirit and where maybe they walk in and in they exercise a spiritual gift or they do something and it was at either salvation or, or at baptism or at another later time. But here's some scriptural backing, um, more. I've already given some, about the idea that you could be saved and maybe have not been filled with the Holy Spirit for power. The Holy Spirit saved you, the Holy Spirit lives in you, you can have all the fruit of the Spirit, but there might be something in addition. Acts chapter 8. 15, Acts 8.15 says that when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, they had, listen to this, simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were saved. (coughs) They were baptized. And yet they had to lay their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Interesting. So Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10.44, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all those who heard the message. The circumcised underlying believers, they were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. And here's one of the things we'll talk about, and I know this is going to be a big question. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then they said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So we order that they be baptized in the name of Jesus. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a while. So, so we, there's not necessarily that you've got to be saved, then baptized, then filled with the Holy Spirit. These were saved, then filled with the Holy Spirit, then baptized. Acts chapter 19, 1 through 7. While Paul was at, at Corinth, uh, Paul took the road through the interior, he arrived at Ephesus, and he found some disciples. Disciples are saved people. And asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, and I'm not, we're not picking on any one church, but there are people who believe that you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe. If that was the case, why did Paul ask that? It's a moot question. If it's automatically that the Holy Spirit comes at, con- at, at conversion, always... Paul wouldn't ask the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered no. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. So Paul says, baptism, did you receive John's baptism? Verse 5, On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on him, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Just a few of the spots where where people are filled with the Holy Spirit. And what's cool is that that often, I think it's f- at least five of the seven times, that there is a spiritual gift that also begins to be used after they get filled with the Holy Spirit. Prophesying, speaking in tongues, it's good. So, over this time, we're going to cover a lot. We're going to to talk about the gifts. We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We're going to talk about hindrances uh, to receiving the Spirit. We're going to talk a little bit about the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. Um, Why we do, why we don't do what we do uh, in the church. Um, Why are we doing this? Because the Scriptures command us, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, go into all the world but wait until you have the power from on high. Corinthians 12.1 says about spiritual things and spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be uninformed. It's important. We're going to be informed. We're going to, we're going to see what the scriptures say. I'm going to spend this time. What is the Holy Spirit for? Again, power evangelism. Holy Spirit's for boldness. And Judas says that the Holy Spirit is to build up your faith. It's to give you power for service. Talks about power for spiritual warfare, to overflow, to have special abilities. Again, we're going to talk about the difference between regular abilities and talents and spiritual gifts, spiritual abilities that are not for that. Who, who is it for? It's for everyone. Every, belie- every believer, every believer who are near and far off, Acts 2.39, it's not just for mature believers. Some of the people that just gotten saved, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit is for all of us. It's not just for some elect group of people. What are the, what are the prerequisites for receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The Bible says you need to repent. You need to be a believer. Repent and be baptized. We obey Him, and, and I'm gonna throw this out real quick. Some people say, and you might come from that camp that you're, you need to tarry in order to receive the Spirit. I used to believe that. Um, if you grew up in a charismatic Pentecostal church, you might believe in tarrying. Years ago, they, tarrying means waiting, waiting. Like you just gotta go sit in the corner and wait. And there was a lot of church services that did that. Wait, 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 and you, uh, you gotta wait long enough. I don't believe that's a prerequisite. The, the scripturally, the only group that had to wait was the original 120. The original 120, they went and waited for 10 days. But every time after that, they asked, and it happened. Asked, and it happened. So you don't have to wait. But we can ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit as a believer. And here's things, I believe that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of heavenly lights. It doesn't change. The Bible says if you ask, you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. So this understanding and idea of, of, of being filled or baptized with the Holy Spirit is as simple as being a believer who's repented of your, of, of your sin and asking. And some of them had to be told, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And they were like, I didn't even know that I was part of the deal. So this morning you know. So you can do that. Now, sometimes when you go to service and, and people talk about this, they, they we're, and we're going to al- allow you to come forward and pray if you want. That's going to be great. We can lay hands on people. But there's almost this feeling like if I do that, do I have to perform? If I do that, do I have to do something like speak in tongues? No we're just asking. And here's a simple question. If there is something more in your walk that you're you're not walking in. If there's something more of God that you haven't experienced or understood, would you want it? I hope the answer is yes. So the simple thing is like, wow, God, if there's something more, if I've missed something, I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've got something, I want it. Here's what's awesome. God's not going to give you something that He can't give or won't give or doesn't give. So it's just going to Him, Lord. So that's how we're going to close. We're going to ask, and if anyone wants to come and, and spend some time praying, because again, as Christians, we're called to get our life right, examine ourselves, repent of our sins. So if there's something you want to do, you can do that. You can come up front or... You know, nothing holy up here, but I, I like to go to the altar myself. I like to just go and kneel, and come and kneel, and just spend some time with Him. Can you, Terry? Absolutely. It's good to spend time in the presence of God. I've spent long times of of, the, of in His presence in my life, and and thing He's shown me things after spending some time with Him. So there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's a good practice, um, but you don't be you know you don't gain brownie points from God from it. It's just that. That time. So, but we're gonna we're gonna pray, and if you want to come forward to, to pray, you can or come forward after that. Um, but let's let's close in a prayer something like this. <sighs> Heavenly Father, as we are starting this uh, this journey in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. You know, we've come a, come upon this thing, and we don't want to be ignorant of the spiritual things. Father, we see through the Word of God, that your Holy Spirit has been present and active since the very beginning of time as the Spirit of God hovered above the waters even in creation. We see the Spirit of God who came upon uh, Samson in power. We see the Spirit of God throughout the Old Testament and we see Him in the New Testament. We see miracles in the Old Testament, healing, we see prophecies, Lord, we see people who were filled from time to time by the Holy Spirit, but we thank you, Lord, that we live in a time now that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives all the time. But Lord, we would pray, God, that you would fill us with power today. God, that you would baptize us in in that Holy Spirit. Help us to be overflowing with the Spirit of God. Help us to be people who don't hinder what you wanna do through our lives as you've called us, commanded us to go into the world and preach the gospel. You've commanded us to uh, live in the body of Christ and and use our gifts to serve the body of Christ. Father, today our prayer, my prayer, is to fill me again, fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit. Our prayer, if it's been the first time anyone's ever prayed this, Father. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to be open to all that you would cause me to walk into. Give me faith to step out if you call me to operate in the gift of the Spirit. I don't want to hold any of me back, and Lord, I don't want you to hold anything of you back. Fill us today. Bless us. God, help us to understand you more and more. God, we thank you that you love us. You called us to yourself and called us out of the world. Pray a blessing upon every believer here. And Lord, if there's somebody who's here this morning who's never put their faith and trust in you to be their Savior, to be their Lord, I pray that right now they would do that. That they would Say, Father, forgive me. God, forgive me. I want to be able to call you my Father. God, forgive me of my sin. I believe that Jesus died for my sins so that I could have new life, come into my life and become the Lord of my life. I can't do this on my own anymore. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for being my Lord. Thank you for making me a new creation. Now fill me with the Holy Spirit. And we all pray that. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. 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 Send me emails. Send me texts. Emails are, are, are great for that big stuff.